Welcome. You've tuned in to Living the Miracle with hosts Michael and Raphael Tamura. You were meant to live a joy-filled life, and you most certainly can. In this program, you will learn simple yet powerful psychic tools to help you fulfill your soul's purpose in this world. Now, here are your hosts, Michael Tamura and Raphael Tamura. Oh, welcome, welcome, welcome to Living the Miracle with Michael and Raphael Tamura, where our <clears throat> goal is awakening souls, intuition, and fulfilling purpose. I'm Raphael, and I'm Michael. <clears throat> well, Star Trek fans the world over are used to hearing space, the final frontier, etc., etc. <laughs> <laughs> but for those of us who seek to awaken to our true spirit nature and to live the miracle of our soul life here on Earth, space is actually the first frontier we need to explore. This space we are referring to here is our limitless inner space. What is so important, Michael, about having our own space? And why is it that so few people know what their space is? Ah, yes. What's so important about having our own space is essentially it boils down to uh, if you want to be healthy in all respects, your well-being is dependent upon having your own space to be. And the flip side of that is when you lose your space, when you don't have your space enough, that's when you're unwell. It could be an illness. It could be just not feeling so great, not being yourself, right? Breaking your leg. Yeah, accident <laughs> prone, all kinds of things when you don't have your own space to be. And how many times do people say things like, Chaka, I must have woken up on the wrong side of the bed. I don't feel myself today. You know, that's when you're so crowded with everybody else's thoughts and feelings, energies, everything, uh, expectations, judgments, blame, anything, that you just don't know which way is up half the times. But when you start to have your space, none of that affects you. And the other question, well, why is it that so few people really seem to know what their own space is, really don't know about how to have their own space. Well, the reason for that is very simple. Most people consider space when they hear about, even when they go, gee, I need my space, I need my space, <laughs> get out of my space. They're talking about move back uh, ten, 10 steps, you know, you're in my face. And it's physical. And sometimes, yes, when somebody's in your face physically, they're also in your psychic space. But being close physically doesn't necessarily mean a person's in your space or that you can't have your own space. You could be surrounded by, you know, thousand, a hundred thousand people and be totally free, at peace with yourself in your own space. And nothing anybody else is doing is negatively impacting you. Or... You could be on top of a mountain by yourself and you can't think straight because so many people and their thoughts and energies are in your space. Huh. So the reason that most people aren't aware of their true space, their inner space, is they think in terms of being a body. And as a body, 
Space means distance and, you know, you're too close to me. Get right. back and things like that. Ah! <laughs> <laughs> uh, Raphael was just putting her face on my face. <laughs> and, but truly, when you're out of the body, when you're just spirit, anybody, any of you who's had an out-of-body experience or near-death experience or anything, that you are conscious as spirit out of your body will probably uh, agree with me that when I'm out of the body, for any reason, there's not a thought. I mean, the idea of death doesn't, it doesn't exist. It's, it's just not even an idea and definitely not a reality. And um, so it's limitless space, eternity. And when, when uh, my mother died, uh, it was an incredible experience for me and some of the rest of us who are aware, where she suddenly died, and I, I happened to be uh, by myself in a hotel room, sleeping. She died during the uh, early morning. And I'm out of my body. I'm teaching. I, that's what I do every night uh, when I get up. My body's sleeping. I'm in spirit teaching. But I'm being called out of the classroom, so to speak. I'm being pulled back, pulled back. I don't know what's pulling me back, but something's pulling me back to the body. And But I'm not thinking about the body yet. I'm just knowing, whoa, I'm being pulled, pulled. And finally, when I get close into the hotel room, about the bed, closer to my body, I start hearing the phone ringing and ringing and ringing. And so I realize, oh, I'm being called back to my body, and I have to answer the phone. And I can tell the energy from the phone was, you know, urgent. So I pick it up. It's Raphael on the other line, and she's sniffling, and she goes, Michael, I have some bad news. And on the way back, just before I got to pick up the phone, I'm seeing my mother and my cousin beaming. My mother and my cousin are beaming by the foot of my bed. And so I'm passing them by on the way to the phone. And I'm going, oh, hi, Mom. Hi, Yoshiko, the name of my, my cousin. And she had passed on 36 years before that point. But again... It's not like, oh, there's my dead cousin. No, it's there's my cousin and there's my mother. How nice to see you. Hang on a just, just a second. I got to do something first. I reach over, get the phone. Raphael sniffling says, I have some bad news. And she gives a, me a pause to kind of brace myself, ground myself. And I'm thinking, what's the worst thing that could happen? And the thing I can think of at that moment was, oh, no. Our dog got run over by a truck. So I'm kind of, okay, I'm ready. And she goes, your mother passed away in the, in the middle of the night. And I said, oh, she's right here with my cousin Yoshiko. And at that point, I'm finally in the body, and I can realize, oh, yeah, Yoshiko, who died 36 years or so ago, and who I knew. I told my mother that when it was her time to go after Yoshiko passed, passed, I said, she's going to be the one to greet you first. And there she is. And I said to Raphael, okay, well, they're right here. And this is the great, one of the great perks of being married to a clairvoyant partner and clairvoyant wife. She goes, okay, talk to your mother first and then call me back. <laughs> because why? We have our priorities straight. Raphael knows 
that, oh, when a person's passed over, they're not going to worry about what happens to the body or who's with the body. That's not a, that's not even a concern. So she goes, okay, she's there, great, talk to her first, and then call me back. I can wait. And so that's what I did. And so in this out-of-body state, in spirit, there is no death, which means there's no nothing to worry about in terms of surviving. In this world, look at every day. It's all about surviving. Who's going to make it? Survival in the physical sense of your health and physical well-being, but also survival on an emotional and psychological and every other means. How do you get by, you know, financially, financial survival? Um, you feel like if you can't make the bills, payments, tax payments, whatever, you're not going to make it. Or your relationship's going down the tubes. I'm not going to make it. So survival is kind of at the forefront of so many people's lives until you start to have your own space to be the spirit that you are. Yes. And you have a lot of experiences in terms of um, having your space <laughs> versus losing your space, right? Yes, absolutely. Um, you know, I saw that story of Michael's mother's passing because uh, my part of the story was he was in L.A. I was in Colorado. We used to do things separately until about the last 10, 15 years. Um, we've been working together over 30 years, so it's been a long haul. Yes, we started when we were two. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> two years old. Probably we did. Yeah. Um, Yes, there have been a lot of experiences of losing my space, but, you know, I wanted to go back to the story of your mom's passing because I had a kind of an amazing thing happen, too, that night. I had a guest in the house who had just come off of the Sundance, the Native American Sundance. The Lakotas do the Sundance every year, and she was one of the guests there, and um, she came. She lived, she was from L.A., and she lived... Uh, in LA, but she came to Colorado where we lived out in the country to kind of step her energy down one step before she went back to the big city. Um, The Sundance is a huge energy for her. So that night, the night that uh, Keiko is his mom's name, the night that Keiko passed, I didn't know she was passing, although for two years we had been aware of it. And um, That whole evening, I spent telling Keiko stories to my friend. My friend, uh, her name was Elisa. She's now also in the spirit world. I hope she can tune into this radio show on the other side to hear her mentioned. It was a very fond memory of mine. I spoke and spoke and spoke all these wonderful stories. And the next morning, when I woke up, I went into the closet to to choose my clothes. And I actually chose an outfit that was Michael's mother's favorite on me. And I don't know why I was doing that at the time, but I put this outfit on, and then I went downstairs and got the phone call from Michael's dad, and and you know the rest of the story. But um, the other thing was that one of our neighbors had been playing Amazing Grace on his bagpipes outside every day for two weeks before, and after that day, he never did it again, ever in the seven years we lived there. So, So, you know, when these things happen... A passing over for a soul is is huge. It's it's a major time. Yes. And Raphael's aware of all this stuff, even though it didn't 
fully come into her consciousness that, oh yeah, my you know my mother-in-law Michael's mother is about to pass. We've been talking about that for two over two years, two to three years, and so Raphael and I were probably the only ones that knew she was getting ready and getting close. So it wasn't a total surprise to us, whereas it was such a surprise to everybody else. But and this she is was young, and this is yeah. and very healthy. Yeah, and this is the way that we start to expand our awareness into spirit and the spirit world that's where our real life is our bodies are like uh, uh, our smartphones you know it's it's a communication device to help us communicate while we're here as spirit to each other as spirit so having your own space is crucial essential to living the miracle what we call living the miracle because Living the miracle is living as the your true spiritual self that you are, not just as a, a physical body or even an emotional, physical, intellectual body. It's just the whole of you. Yes. And the difference between having your space and not having your space, it's not a black and white. It's, we can say, degrees of, okay, some days I wake up and I'm more in my own space and and it's like I'm a little kid on Christmas morning yay here I am okay I'm ready to rock and roll other days okay <laughs> I get that one leg out of bed okay you know the alarm is going off and can't I just go back to sleep for another hour or three days or whatever and it's like that but when you're in your space you're present why? Because having your space also means whole. The more whole and the more holy you are, okay, the more completely you are being you, the more space you have. And the more space you give yourself, the more you can be who you really are. And then when you're losing your space, that's when you're divided. So what are some of the Signs and symptoms <laughs> of being uh, not in your own space, not having your full space to be, is anytime you're conflicted in any way within yourself. So this all happens in your consciousness, in your mind, <clears throat> right? If you're conflicted, like you're worried about someone, chances are you're going to be more in that person's space. Than in your own. If you're angry at someone... <laughs> You have a conflict, you know, disagreement, and, and not only are you disagreeing, but but you're angry that the other person's not agreeing with you or something, and you're blaming them for something. Oh, you're definitely going to be in their space. And when I say you're in someone else's space, that just means your thoughts, your energy, your consciousness. We always refer back to everything as energy. So on a psychic level... Your psychic energy as thoughts, as emotions, as, you know, judgments, blame, expectation, demand. If you've ever had uh, a boss from hell breathing down your neck, hurry up and get me that report now. Hurry up and what's taking you so long? And they're just breathing down your neck. You can't even think, think straight. straight. Yeah. Yes. And so, so that's, we're going to talk about a lot of, different ways in which we can not only have our space, 
but also in which ways do we lose our space to be? And having your space truly means having your space to be the spirit that you are. Okay? Whether you're in the body or out of the body, this applies because the more you're able to validate, be aware, oh, I'm not this body, even though it's kind of uncomfortable right now in the body, but I'm not this body. Oh, even though I'm experiencing anger going through, I'm not this anger. So we're going to come back to that in the um, uh, second segment. But one of the things, for those of you who've tuned into this show before, uh, we each, each week we try to en- embellish or enhance some of the basic tools that we teach people, our students, and how to... Every single one of our tools that we teach, the psychic tools that we teach, basically contributes to you being able to have your space as the spirit that you are and be able to live the miracle, the limitless life of spirit. And, of course, none of us live fully limitlessly to infinity, like if I just decide I'm going to levitate right now, well... Hey, we're on Facebook Live too, so <laughs> we can visually demonstrate. <laughs> but now, uh, if I run really fast into that wall, I will bounce back and have a few <clears throat> bruises. So, so it's not limitless, is it? I'm still limited by the body uh, restrictions in this world. But compared to a lot of people, hey, I can heal myself. I can heal other people, help them get well, and we're going to have... Uh, break coming up. So, Raphael, would you tell us, tell the listeners kind of what's coming up for us, where they can find us? Well, there's, <clears throat> excuse me, there's a couple of things. Um, one is, we've talked about this before and we're very excited about it, is the PGS movie, PGS, Intuition is Your Personal Guidance System, a wonderful movie that's an independent film showing in theaters around the country. The website for that to see the trailer is pgsthemovie.com. And um, if you want to see it, check your area. Um, I'll tell you a couple areas where we will be on Saturday, March 24th. It will, it will be in Sacramento. It's showing at 4 p.m. at one of the theaters there. You can find that on the website. And then on Monday, March 26th, it will be in Ashland, Oregon, at the Varsity Theater at 6 p.m. And uh, those two, we will also be in the Q&A. And then on Tuesday, April 3rd, it will be in San Diego. All right. So, time for break. Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America. Have you always known that something different was possible for your life and in the world? What if you could create beyond your current reality? If your relationships, finances, business, health, and life could be anything, what would they be? Join Heather Nichols for an invitation to discover what is true for you in every area of your life and for conversations loaded with pragmatic tools for how to create it. Listen live every Monday at noon Pacific and 9 p.m. Central European time for Creating Beyond Reality on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. Who are you, really? 
Are you the person you want to be, or are you the person that others want you to be? Think about that. We don't always recognize our gifts and potential because we stick to old methods of being and do what others in our lives tell us. It's time to break through. Listen for Rediscovering the Magic of Being with Marja. Each program connects you back to whom you were meant to be every Tuesday at 7 a.m. Pacific Time and 10 a.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. Tune in. The Voice America Live Events Channel is here now to showcase your corporate, individual, or organization's live event. Visit voiceamerica.com forward slash live events to see all of our past live events and find out more. Whether it's a multi-day conference, special speaker, or single-day event, we've got everything to make your event a success. We can do a few hours or a few days. For more information about taking your event to the next level, call Jeff Spinard at 480-294-6417 or email info at voiceamerica.com. Again, that's Jeff Spinard at 480-294-6417 or send us an email to info at voiceamerica.com. Voice America is where you are and where you want to be. Join us around the globe as we broadcast live from some of the most interesting events available. Don't forget to view all our live events, including on-demand access to past events that you may have missed by visiting voiceamerica.com forward slash live events. It's your world. Motivate. Change. Succeed. VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com You are listening to Living the Miracle. Michael and Raphael would love to hear from you. Reach the show today by calling 1-888-346-9141. Again, that's 1-888-346-9141. You may also send an email to livingthemiracleradio at gmail.com. Now back to Living the Miracle. Right. Welcome back. We are talking about space, the first frontier. (laughs) I need space. (laughs) (laughs) I always hear that Star Trek uh, soundtrack. Yes, indeed. Well, you know, I know there's a lot of you who can uh, relate to this, especially if you went into um, any kind of being in front of people or performing, especially in high school or even a little bit after, or maybe even in elementary school. And that is standing in front of people and having to speak. You know, that's uh, one of the single most scary things that uh, some people find that to be extremely frightening. And really, there's two reasons why that is, is if you're a sensitive person, you feel the attention. And it's actually physical. People's attention point is physical. You know, there's an old saying where uh, attention goes, energy flows. So if somebody's looking at you, some of their attention will be on you. And so as a young person, I really wanted to be a musician And I still play guitar to this very day and um, try to sing with what's left of my voice. But when I was in my 20s, I practiced and practiced, and I was going to have my first gig at a a, um, folk coffee house, which was very popular in the 1960s and early 70s. So I practiced for months, and I was ready, and I had my little list of songs, you know, listed right on my guitar and everything. And I get up there, and I start singing the first song, And I get about halfway through, and my mind went completely blank. It was the most embarrassing moment of my life. I had all my certainty when I went there, 
And I really didn't know what happened until many years later when I learned about this, that in order to be able to maintain my space and not leave the body, because that's basically what I learned later happened. I left my body when all that attention came in because I could feel it being a sensitive person. Now, there are people that aren't that sensitive or that have had so many lifetimes in front of crowds, you know, they're, they're just old hats at it and they don't, they aren't bothered by it. But at that time, I was mortified and horrified and I ran off stage and cried and did the whole drama thing that you do when you're, you know, 20. And, but I got over it and um, I avoided being in front of crowds for a long time until I got my spiritual training and learned about this very thing. And what's, what was the difference between not having your space and being in front of a crowd and having your space and being in front of the same crowd? Okay, well, of course, um, I haven't performed in the sense that I did at that time, um, but later I became a speaker. Yeah. And um, bringing this back to your mother's story, um, I really knew that I had mastered this somewhat when I had to speak in front of 250 Japanese people at her <laughs> funeral. And the energy of a, a group of a family of mourning, they were mourning, M-O-U-R-N-I-N-G. Oh, yes. They were mourning. Everybody was mourning. It was a large group. Kay was 64 when she died, and everybody was very sad. She had died suddenly. And I went up to do my part. We did a little church service for her in a community building. It was so beautiful. And when I went up there, I knew I had mastered this uh, compared to that time when I was in my 20s. Um, when I felt like I was standing there and I felt like I was surrounded with a bubble. And none of that grief and none of the energy of judgment that people might have had about me that I was sensitive to. We're all sensitive mm-hmm. to other people's judgments. You know, was I doing a good job? That sort of thing. None of it bothered me. Yes. And, and that bubble. That's, it, it literally looks like and feels like this infinite bubble that's limitless because having our own space to be spirit, spirit is limitless. This is one of the basic challenges of us as souls, spiritual beings, incarnating here in these bodies, physical world. This is a total contradiction to us as spirit because spirit as spirit we're limitless timeless eternal infinite you know there's no end but we come in and as soon as we just go (laughs) all of a sudden boom there's an end to things there's a beginning there's a sequence there's this thing called time that we experience here because we're being a body being separate. Ah, being conflicted inside also means being separate inside from the whole of spirit. So meditation and prayer, which is like the cornerstone of every single spiritual practice, no matter what kind, there's some sort of meditation, some sort of prayer involved. And that's because that's Throughout the millennia, that's how human beings learn to start to have, to make some space for spirit. And at first, when somebody's so separate, so conflicted inside, divided, they think spirit is outside of themselves. They talk about, oh, the spirit 
up there, you know, or God is up there or whatever in spirit. But it's inside, it's integral, intrinsic to who we are. And so more and more as you meditate, you start to become aware. Oh, I'm that spirit. So what makes us forget that? It's not we have to become spirit. We already are 100% through and through every single person. Yet, why do we have to go through even lifetimes worth of spiritual training and, and awakening and enlightenment and so forth and so on just to get to the place where we go, I finally get it. I'm myself <laughs> as spirit, the entirety. And the reason for that forgetting is we become entrenched in our thoughts, in our feelings, in the external experience of what we call the world and our life. It's not like that. In spirit, there is this most amazing, beyond description experience of beingness. And yet, we get, we get obsessed, literally. It's like an addiction or obsession to minor little things that happen in the world, little sensations that we have, ouch, that hurts, and ooh, this doesn't feel good, and I'm uncomfortable, and I don't like this, and it just gets goes downhill from there. And we get more and more divided, divided in conflict, and lose our space to be spirit in infinite, more and more and more, until we're in a tiny little box. As John Donne said, you know, no man is an island unto himself. That's just part of what he was talking about. But people live like islands. And you're over there, I'm over here, and the, the twain shall never meet. So to find your space, one of the key tools that we teach is the same tool that if you ever took your dog to the dog obedience school, you know the reason why you had to go with the dog. It's mm -hmm. because it's not the dog that's being trained. It's the owner that's being trained. And the, one of the first ones, especially if you have an uh, aggressive dog, is they got to be taught, drop it, right? Because if a dog bites and they don't obey the command of drop it, that's going to be serious, right? Okay, if it nips or something, it's drop it, you know, okay. So we teach drop it on a psychic level. So when you're, when you're tormented, when you're conflicted in your mind, what are you conflicted? Thoughts. Conflicting thoughts and conflicting emotions, right? I don't know what to do. I'm so, I'm so angry. I'm so upset. I'm so grief-stricken. You might be so much into the emotions, you can't even say those things. You can't even think of the words to describe what you're going through. You're just going, ah. <laughs> and ah drop it oh you mean I can drop those thoughts huh. what's drop it mean drop it means let it be drop it doesn't mean get rid of it no it means to open if it's a dog open your mouth and let go if it's a physical person open your hand your grip and let go and when you let go of something you've been gripping on, it falls, right? On a psychic level, mentally, drop it, you open your mind. See, when you close your mind, that saying, I, I'm going to try to wrap my mind around that. 
don't. <laughs> That's called intellectualizing it to death. You're, you're holding it in an intellectual death grip and it's going to be stuck in your mind. No, you let it go. Then you'll get to experience what the other person's saying or what this is about. And you'll get to know intuitively, not spend hours grinding it out intellectually. So drop it means let it be. Okay. Don't obsess. Give it space. Give it space. Ah, so in a physical sense, giving it space means you're backing off. You're not putting more energy into it. So on the psychic level, drop it, give it space means back off psychically, back off mentally. Stop projecting your blame or your anger, your frustration, your survival. You know, when somebody's really demanding, I'm sure everybody's had that, where you know, somebody's really demanding something of you, whether it's a family member or a boss or whatever. But you'll notice they're kind of in a semi-panic or a full panic. They're afraid underneath. They might be very, you know, belligerent on the surface, but underneath they're scared. And they're scared that if you don't produce something or if you don't tell them something or do something that they want you to do, they're not going to make it. And so... That's where that comes from. And when people are like that, they're so much in your face, you can't even, like Raphael said, you know, boom, she goes out of the body as that performer because, and the attention wasn't necessarily negative even. No. It's just like everybody's curious. And I'm sure each of you have experienced that when somebody is very enthusiastic and they just walk up to you and say, hi, I'm so-and-so, what's your name? And you go, what's my name? Let's see. <laughs> I mean, I've done that. <laughs> it's it's like they so climb in with all four feet into your head. You can't even think straight. And so when that happens, the tendency is to resist it and go, what's wrong with me? And, and try to figure it out. No, drop it. Drop the whole thing. And drop the <clears throat> resistance. Drop trying to solve it. Drop everything. And go, oh. And then the thing that we've taught you if you've been on our show before is just ground connect from the first chakra to the center of the earth imagine a tree trunk all the way down to the center of the earth and when you're learning this and practicing it it'd be great to do it with your eyes closed so you could really picture that tree trunk you could imagine that tree trunk and see it ah notice immediately the energy starts to calm down a little bit, at least a little bit. Even when you're really upset, it'll help you because the grounding discharges all the energy that's not yours that you're trying to solve, and you can't solve it. It's impossible. Nobody can do that. You can solve your own, but not somebody else's that you're carrying around psychically within your own mind. And then, once you're grounded, be in the center of your head. That helps in terms of dropping it. Oh, I'm back in the center of my head where it's at least the tiny point, pinpoint in the center of my head is totally quiet. It's totally still. Okay, everything else is going, ah, but that's still, so I'm going to let be, let myself be there and then let everything else be. So giving someone or something or some energy, even thoughts inside your own head, space to be is letting it be if the thought is i'm going to kill this person 
if you let it be and you're neutral to it, you're not going to kill the person. If you fight it, you're going to start doing something destructive, right? And so, so that's where the beginning of dropping it. Practice. It takes practice because we don't want to drop it most of the time. Especially if you're angry at somebody, you're blaming them for something. You hurt me. You did it to me. You stole from me. And I'll prove it. And it's true. And so forth. Here's the facts. Here's the evidence. That doesn't matter. When you're dropping it, you just got to drop the whole thing. So it takes practice. Repeated practice. Okay. That's where that thing of, what is it, counting 10 sheep? No, that's going to sleep. <laughs> Counting to 10. Yeah. When you're angry or something, frustrated, okay, stop, count to 10. Well, that's, that's a more uh, kind of an intellectual way of doing it, but it works, right? Or counting to 100, by that point, you start to forget about, what was I so upset about? Yeah. But if you ground and drop it, ah, that's fast. And even faster is if you picture, if you imagine that rose, in front of you, huh? And whatever offending thought and feeling and energy, you just let it go into that rose. If it's an offending person, if you're thinking, this person's bothering me, put the image of that person in your mind into that rose. And you go, goodbye. Kaboom! Explode the whole thing in a in flash of light in your mind. Yeah, don't go exploding them in physical person. <laughs> it's not the physical person. It's what's in your mind that's offending you. Okay? And so, Raphael, do you have more uh, examples of that? Hmm. Yes. Um, you know, when Michael's talking about um, bringing that rose up and, and exploding it, you know, this can be done actually while you're speaking to someone as you practice it. The same with grounding, you know, the counting one to 10 to, to sort of find your space for a second, you're breathing. And when you breathe out, you're letting it out. So we will be talking a little more about this soon, but I first wanted to mention, um, we have our second break coming up. So we have a few things. One is to check out our website at michaeltamora.com. Um, we do have an event coming up on May five and uh, May fifth and sixth. It's a weekend it, in Calabasas. Um, we don't have the titles for the event coming up, but it's going to be up there in the next few days. Also, we are going to be at the uh, San Mateo Convention Center with the New Living Expo on April twenty seventh to twenty nine, and there's going to be. Tons of stuff going on. We'll have a booth there, number 328. Come visit us if you'd like to meet us in person. Michael will be giving a talk on Friday evening. And lots of our friends and and well-known people in the metaphysical world will be there. All right, time for a break. We will be right back. Thank you. Think you've seen everything there is to see in online television? Let us surprise you. Visit voiceamerica.tv today for sports, health, business, and more on demand 24-7. Don't you just wish sometimes that life could come with a do-over button? We'd probably use it a lot more than we think. What if there was one do-over button you could use each week? 
Make that place the Voice America Empowerment Channel for Code to Grace, the empowered women's guide to life with host Marilyn Mosier. Marilyn and her guests will help you find the key to break free from the chains of your life and start anew. Listen live every Wednesday at 3 p.m. Eastern Time and 12 noon Pacific Time on Voice America Empowerment. It's time to live the life of inner peace that you deserve. Tune in every week for Sacred Exploration with host Lisa Tremont Oda. You can discover the you that has been kept hidden all this time. Show off your personal gifts to the world. Lisa and her guests will combine health and spirituality to bring you the experience that you've been waiting for. You'll enjoy this journey every Wednesday at 5 p.m. Pacific Time and 8 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. It's sure to be a nourishing experience. Have you had a chance to check out Voice America's online magazine and blog, Press Pass? If you love our hosts and shows, check out articles that give an even deeper perspective. Plus, topics about health and fitness, movie reviews, philosophy, business tips and tactics, spirituality, positive thought, current events, and even more about your favorite host. It's just a click away at VAPressPass.com. That's VAPressPass.com. VA Press Pass by Voice America. All access, all the time. It's your world. Motivate. Change. Succeed. VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com You are listening to Living the Miracle. Michael and Raphael would love to hear from you. Reach the show today by calling 1-888-346-9141. Again, that's 1-888-346-9141. You may also send an email to livingthemiracleradio at gmail.com. Now back to Living the Miracle. All right. Welcome back. This is Michael and Raphael Tamura, and we are talking about space, the first frontier. I need space. (laughs) That's the title of this one. And, wow, I really love our music. (laughs) That's so beautiful. I really appreciate that. All right, so one of the things I wanted to quickly talk about was um, an experience I had years ago when I was still in my training and still learning about all this stuff. And I had learned a lot about being in my own space, but I also at the time was struggling still. This, this was long, long, long before Michael Michael's mom passed over. I was still struggling with other people in my space, and I still had that mindset of, Um, It it was sort of their fault that they were in my space. And I got myself in trouble and learned my lesson. Uh, At the time, I was working in an office, and I watched that my boss was talking to each person in the office. And this was a huge, uh, lots and lots of employees. And I knew my turn was coming up because I felt his energy invade my space. And again, I was still learning about this and how to handle it with grounding and so forth. Well, he calls me finally into his office and and says what he has to say to me, which wasn't all that important. But I turned to him and I made the big mistake of saying, you have to get out of my space. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, well, he didn't know what the heck I was talking about. And he said, it's my right to be in your space. I'm your boss. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. And that kind of shows you that a lot of people have no clue what anyone's space is and 
So it's up to each of us to learn to be in our own space. And the more you do, the more you're going to be able to handle situations like that, to be able to correctly relate to people who have no clue, because that's most of the world. In all my travels, most of the world, people have varying degrees of unconsciously being more in their own space and not only once in a long while I'll find someone who's consciously very much in their own space. And they're just delightful, wonderful, absolutely. <laughs> I, I want to spend all my time with them because they're so much in their own space. So when people start to be in their own space, they become very, very attractive to those who are also much more sensitive and much more in their own space. They might not be that popular with people who are basically their whole life is about trying to control other people. Then they'll find that if you're in your own space, they can't control you. A bully can't control you if you're very much in your own space and you own your own space. Nothing they can say or do is going to get to you. And one of the things we were starting to talk about, drop it. I like that because it's fun and easy to remember. Oh, yeah, I got to drop it. If you find yourself obsessing in your mind about, well, what about this one? Worrying, you know, things like that, and just going over the same thought over and over and over, just tap yourself on the shoulder psychically and go, remember, drop it. And then smile. You know, if to drop something, to let something be, you're not going to be able to let something be when you're in a panic, when you're survival, and you're, you're becoming the fear, you're becoming the panic, you're becoming the anxiety. But when you drop it, especially when you're grounded, connected from the first chakra to the center of the earth, and, ah, I'm a little bit at least in my center of my head. It's so much quieter. Oh, yeah, drop it. Okay, I have to become neutral to it. I have to let the thought, whatever that thought is, it could be a wonderful thought or a negative thought or a destructive thought. Okay, I don't have, the thought is not the boss of me, right? So, oh yeah, I'm the one who am having the thought. Even if it's somebody else's thoughts I'm picking up, that's okay. I don't care whose it is. If I don't like this thought, I don't have to be it. I don't have to cater to it. Even if the thought is seemingly pounding me in the head, you know, do this, do this, do this, or you messed up, you messed up, you messed up, or whatever it might be. And just, okay, if it's a repetitive thought, let it repeat. It's like letting, you know, okay, there's a construction crew with a license permit to dig up the street right in front of your room, but you're trying to study or you're trying to meditate or whatever, and the jackhammers are going. Well, you can fight them all day. Well, if you're fighting them, you're not meditating, you're not studying, you're not accomplishing what you need to do. Once you start to have your own space, you don't have to leave your house or make the other people leave with all the noise and intrusion. You could be at peace within your own space and have the quiet you need, even if it's 
tons of noise around you. It's amazing. There was a whole stretch of several years. I used to travel and give private sessions. I don't do that anymore. But when I used to, at one point toward the latter part, every place I went, there was it was nice and peace and quiet when I got there. But as soon as I start my healing work or or my readings on people, the jackhammers, call, the whole construction crew would come in from nowhere and start to make tons of noise. And I had to laugh. Didn't matter where we were. No, it didn't matter. Hotels and places. And we were laughed. We made a joke out of it. And because by that point I had so much practice of being in my own space and having my space, none of it bothered me. Sometimes the person I was giving the healing or reading would be bothered. So I used that opportunity to teach them, hey, the more they can start to have their own space, that's what a healing Yes. We talk about it in terms of, I'm a healer, so I'll give you a healing. But that's technically not true. It's if I'm giving you a healing, that means I'm helping you find your own space to be yourself. You're not trying to be me. You're not trying to be somebody else. You're not trying to be better than you think you are. You're just letting yourself be as you are right here, right now. That's part of having your space. And another thing, on a more mm, conceptual level and psychological level, what helps a person to really have more of their spiritual space to be is appreciation. And it also helps when you're giving someone else their space to be. If they're out of sorts and you want to help them heal, and you want to give them the space to be themselves. It's an active thing. It's not like, oh, you don't need my help. You don't need my communication. You don't need my awareness. Uh, you're in a you're a mess. So I'm going to leave you alone. Well, sometimes that's okay, but but generally, ah, huh, when you could actually be there with that person on the phone or in person, and actively give them their space. It's like actively listening, actively appreciating the spirit, the beingness this person truly is. They're not bound by the body. They might think so at that point, but no, if you know and you can see the light that this person is, the beingness, and you start to be able to Actively, in your own mind, in your own awareness, oh, this person has this brightness. Pretty soon, you start to see their aura. And you start to go, oh, this person has some little yellow over here and green over there and a blue over there, a violet, purple over there, and some gold over here. And the more you start to become aware of the person on a multitude of energetic levels. The aura happens to be just one set of energy levels and shown in different colors. But you start to listen. What is this person really saying? That's a different energy level. And, and uh, so you're, you're being aware of what this person is saying to you verbally out loud, and you start to become aware 
what are they really saying inside? Many of you I know who's listening in today are very telepathic and very empathic. So you feel what the person's feeling inside, your clairsentient, and you hear in your in your mind, you have the thought of what they're saying inside of themselves, even though outwardly they might be quiet or not saying much. And the more aware you become of that and not doubt it, but just give each thing that you're aware of space about this other person, that person's going to start to heal without them even knowing that. You're not actively trying to do something to them to fix them. That's not healing. Letting somebody have their true space to be the full spiritness, beingness that they are, that's what healing ultimately boils down to. And whatever means through which you can give somebody their space to be. Oh, and another appreciation aspect is in welcoming. That's an active. When you really are welcoming someone, ah, you're creating space for them to be right here with you. If you're going, even if you're being nice on the outside, but in the inside, you're going, oh, God, how many more minutes do I have to put up with this person? <laughs> <laughs> they're they're going to experience that way more than what you're saying and how you're smiling at them or something like that. And that's why kids are very honest. If the parent or an adult is really upset and angry, but they're trying to be politically correct and do and say the right things on the outside, the kid's going to scream bloody murder because especially if they're more sensitive. Mm -hmm. Another example is um, when you feel sympathy for someone and you want to give them your love or send them your love, a lot of times uh, what you're doing is you're engulfing them with your energy. And even if it's well-intentioned, it can become problematic for that person, especially if a lot of people are doing that. Yes. Protective, overprotective. Uh, you in, engulf with your own energy to try to protect them. Uh, it'll drive a kid nuts. And another aspect of this thing that Raphael just said about taking, you know, taking over with your energy. On a, I used to send my clairvoyant students to the bar to see how many people did that. They get lustful, they want you, and they want to take you home. So they run all this energy right through your uh, space, their energy, and saying, I want you, you're coming with me. And then if an unsuspecting person gets swallowed up by that, and they think that's their feeling, and they just follow them right out the door. and That's well, losing your space. That's completely losing your space. So a little... <laughs> Word to the wise. <laughs> so you've probably experienced losing your space in a variety of ways. Somebody just getting so angry and blasting you off with energy and you just don't know which way is up anymore. Or somebody engulfing you with all their sex energy <clears throat> and saying, you're, you're mine. And, and then you go, whoa, I think I'm in love until the next day. And you go, what was I thinking? The next day or maybe 20 years Not later. 20 years later. <laughs> yes. Next day is much better to wake up. <laughs> so again, real quickly, when you find yourself, you've been had like that, just create that rose. Ground yourself. Find the center of your head. Find that neutrality. Create that rose in your mind. Imagine it. Put the image of the person and just decide all the energy of that person that just took over my space. I'm going to put it into this rose. Ah, 
and then kaboom, <laughs> smile, be be happy with yourself, and you'll notice, ah, oh, you're taking the step in the right direction of getting your space back. And so next week, before we finish up this show, next week, what's going on with you and what's your next step to healing yourself? We're going to have call-ins next week, so make sure you get the phone number off of the site and call us if you want us to give you a little spot reading. What's going on with you and what's your next step to healing yourself? You have been listening to Living the Miracle with Michael and Raphael Tamora. Thank you for joining us. We appreciate your joining us today. Living the Miracle with Michael and Raphael Tamora can be heard live every Wednesday at 2 p.m. Eastern Time and 11 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. Until we talk again next week, remember to wake up to who you are. It's your purpose here on Earth.